This message is brought to you by Cornerstone Gospel Church in Frankston, Australia. Morning, everyone. Right, I'm just going to be scripted this morning because otherwise I'm just going to run all over the shop. Um, so most of you know me, but if I have not introduced myself to you yet, I'm Charlene, and I've been attending Cornerstone since around about 2012. Um, when I, Lionel asked me to share my testimony, I'm not going to lie, I was petrified. But I hope that throughout this, God is glorified above all else. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit way back. Um, so before knowing Christ, when I was growing up, I always felt like I fell short of my parents' expectations and at times they would make it very clear to me that I was a disappointment. Their hopes of me becoming a doctor, lawyer or dentist were shattered early on. I was not an overachiever like all the other Asian children my children knew of, but to be fair, I was barely passing mats at the time and I even did a short stint in ESL. I was also far from being the obedient daughter like all my other cousins and I was constantly being compared to someone else for something else. Growing up in this strict environment of unhealthy comparison at home and being one of five of the Asians at school at the time that were predominantly populated by Caucasian uh, kids, I quickly started to re- it quickly started to reveal to me just how different my culture, upbringing and home life is and I quickly started to resent it. I resented the culture, the language and even the food, which for me is a massive thing. <laughs> All I wanted was to assimilate into the Western culture and have nothing to do with being Chinese. Like many kids growing up, I was bullied at school for being Chinese. Um, People would tease me for supposedly eating dim sims made out of cats and dogs, which I would have to constantly refute, for wearing glasses, for having bad teeth, for having braces to fix said bad teeth. And when I finally plucked up the courage to ask one of my bullies why they picked on me, they simply said, because you're an easy target. And that had always stuck inside my mind. In high school, I had one girl who particularly liked to pick on me. Whether it was verbal or physical, she just seemed to have it out for me. She would pull a knife on me as I walked to class, threw sauce on my clothes for laughs, and punch me in the face, because why not? She somehow turned our group of friends against me to the point where I trusted and confided in no one, not my so-called friends at the time or anyone at home, because that's just not what we did at home. I became a very depressed teenager with a heart filled with a lot of anger and bitterness, and my mind became a breeding ground for paranoia and anxiety and I would often come home from school so angry that Sorry. That was me. <laughs> Closer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. No, 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 it's okay. Um, my mind became a breeding ground for paranoia and anxiety and I would often come home from school so angry that I would resort to punching the walls 
and hurting myself through other means. After a few years of being at the mercy of this girl's bullying, she was expelled for reasons I don't even remember anymore. And at the same time, everyone was also forced to move to another school for year 11 and 12. At the time, I thought that this was horrible and that I was going to lose the friends that I tried so hard to assimilate to. But in hindsight, this was a chance for a semi-fresh start with familiar faces who I saw around my first high school but never spoke to, rekindling some old primary school friendships and saying goodbye to our old group of friends, which ended up being a blessing in disguise. This was also when I became friends with Olivia, who most of you know. Um, fights in our household was not an uncommon thing growing up. Me and my brother were yelled at often, and it didn't help that we liked to talk back to our parents, which they often viewed as very disrespectful and rebellious. And we were thrown out of the house quite a few times. But the fights between my parents also grew far more frequent, along with the threats of divorce. However, me and my brother were so used to this, and the threats never seemed to amount to anything after a few days. Until one day, after a really bad fight at home, my dad left the house and didn't return for a few days. And this was the first time I remember hugging my dad and not being a child. This was around year 12, and I happened to have a spare period which me and Olivia would spend at the library. She noticed that something was wrong as I was quieter than usual, which I was very quiet back then, <laughs> though it's hard to believe. Um, and she asked if I was okay. And growing up, I wasn't used to sharing my home life. It was always told to be kept um, a secret, and also we also had to pretend that everything was always okay to everyone else. So for me to um, confine in her was a massive deal for me at the time. I told her what was happening at home, and for the first time, I believed my parents might actually get divorced. I knew she was a Christian, and the stories she would tell me about her family with her mum and sisters would always create a sense of warmth and hope in me. Something that seemed different about her family life when I compared it to my own. Curious, I start, started to ask her questions over the coming months. And one night, she shared the gospel with me and gave me my first Bible. I remember it sounding so unbelievable, but yet nothing ever made so much sense at the time. I mean, I never thought of myself as a bad person, let alone a sinner. But by God's grace, he revealed to me my sins that were hidden from plain sight and for years of my own self-justifications. So showing me just how bitter and hard-hearted, how hard my heart had become, filled with so much hate and anger, especially towards my parents. After repenting of my sins, I remember the feeling of forgiveness that was unlike anything I'd ever experienced, physically and mentally feeling lighter. The heavy burden I had been carrying around for, so, for as long as I can remember was lifting. I was no, no longer fighting these battles with my own flesh, but with the strength of God. The paranoia and anxiety that plagued my mind, often keeping me up at night, began to lessen. And before I knew it, sleep became a peaceful slumber. Sorry. 
Um, the bitterness and anger that I held against my parents also started to dissipate. Although there were, although there was a still a long way to go, forgiveness was finally something that seemed possible. As God has forgiven me, how could I not forgive them? But like a bad habit that I could not seem to shake, this was a lesson that God had to teach me time and time again. I never would have thought that becoming Christian would mean that I was once again defying my parents, but this was what it became. They did not like the idea of me believing in God as we were Buddhist, although this was never something anyone seemed to be strict about until I became one. And attending church was viewed as my new phase of rebellion. I would attend church with the Banners family when I was allowed to, but after a few years, my parents' protests seemed to become less adamant. All the time and energy I spent resenting my situation at home had narrowed my vision on reality, so much that I had not realised that my perspective was skewed by my own self-pity and selfishness this whole time, to the point where I never stopped to ask why my parents were the way they were, particularly my mum, who I just believed to be over-controlling and paranoid, just to find out a year before she got really sick that she had battled cancer twice when I was growing up and it was something that she had chose to keep from me and my brother and made my dad promise not to tell us all in the name to protect us. The bitterness that I had harboured in the deep recesses of my heart had blindsided me from even asking these simple questions when I was growing up from appreciating and understanding that my parents had been showing me love, uh, showing me that they loved me all along through constant sacrifices often made in the silence. Oh. It wasn't until midway through 2015, oh gosh, <laughs> when my mum got really sick, and we found ourselves living at the hospital just shy of two months. Okay, sorry, I can feel something. Um. Sorry. Um. Okay. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Just shy of two months did I realise just how much she had been suffering her whole life and how much she was yet to suffer before she passed. And yet for most of it, she braved it smiling and unaware that the infection was in her brain. Her normal disposition of overwhelming anxiety, paranoia and fear seemed to have disappeared, but this also meant that she was very confused and disorientated most of the time struggling to grasp our names, form sentences that made sense, and conversations soon became gestures and facial expressions. This was the hardest and darkest time of my life, where everything seemed to change overnight for me and my family. Things I never thought I was able to do, I could by the strength and wisdom of God, giving me the strength to be my mum's carer and wisdom to be her voice when she lost her own 
My dad also ended up losing his job after the first weeks my mum was in ICU. And it was during this time that I finally began to connect with my dad. And all the invisible barriers caused by lost time started to be bridged by the bedside in the hospital halls and cafeteria. As throughout my life, my dad had always felt like a stranger to me as he worked long hours doing shift work at restaurants, which meant that he was never home. It is bittersweet that it was through the circumstances of losing my mum that me and my dad were able to repair a seemingly lost and almost non-existent relationship, as we always seem to coexist in a house. I just wanted to share a quote that I read after my mum passed away that has stuck with me ever since by Oswald Chambers. If through a broken heart God can bring his purposes to pass in the world, then thank him for breaking your heart. And one of my favourite verses that has always comforted me, Philippians 1.6, I am certain that God, who began, began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I am thankful for all that God has allowed to happen in my life. As without the circumstances that I was placed in growing up, I don't know that I would have ever been so eager to hear and receive the gospel like when I first heard it. And everything that has happened ever since, although I wish some of it wasn't happening at the time, has only brought me closer to him and his purpose for me here on this earth. It is also my ardent hope and prayer that the rest of my family and friends who do not yet know Christ come to know him too. Thank you. You know, every time there's we get to hear testimonies, there's always one thing in them that stands out. And it's... Uh, It's that issue of becoming aware of sin, you know. And, you know, it's always astounding how God makes us aware of our sin and and praise God for Olivia's uh, willingness to share the gospel at that time and and to um, help Charlene by sharing that message of, of sin and redemption. It's always... Amazing, isn't it? You know, and we don't know what's uh, what's going on in people's hearts and in their lives. But when you're close to them, you know, like school schoolmates can be, uh, you know more than what you may see on the surface. You you understand that there are things at work, and and uh, you know, praise God for that. In Hebrews, it has this interesting verse it says pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord looking carefully or being diligent lest anyone fall short of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau who for a morsel of food sold his birthright 
you know, the issue of the human heart is just such a, uh, a vital and a complex issue and, and uh, you can see that here is a, a young person who during school, all the circumstances of school and the treatment at school coupled with uh, what was going on at home uh, was transforming her into someone who was um, caged up by bitterness at such a young age, you know, when when life is supposed to be uh, free and happy, you know, and children are supposed to be enjoying life, everything around her was pain and torment. But it's the gospel that breaks through that because the the gospel brings that message to us, and it it doesn't hold back uh, from even exposing to the wounded that they're sinful. You know, it doesn't hold back on that, and and you know I praise God that uh, that even there in Charlene's testimony, once again, it's the words of someone else that came along and you know broke in through her heart, uh, caused her to see her sin, and uh, and call out upon Christ, who becomes a real friend in time of trouble. Romans, of course, says that we're all sinners and that the wages of sin is death. An eternal separation from God in a place of eternal punishment and torment. And that is what I I love hearing in these testimonies is that knowledge that people gained of their sin and of the path of redemption, trusting in the name of Christ. And so this morning, you know, if you have never trusted Christ as your personal saviour, you can you can talk to Charlene and she'll share more about her testimony. You can talk to any number of us in here at, at Cornerstone who can share with you what Christ has done in our lives as well and help to clarify the gospel to you. But, uh, you know, praise the Lord. And Charlene, thank you. I know it took some bravery to do that. It's not easy for some people are terrified to stand up here. Um, but on top of that, when you're sharing your testimony, you know, you're, you're pouring your heart out there and you're putting it out in public. Um, but we praise God for that. So, amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message. You're welcome to duplicate this message in its entirety for non-profit purposes. For more information and resources, visit cgc.org.au.